What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lunch Beers Podcast. We got a full studio today. Myself, Big Maple, Nikki Q, Eli, and Jared. We have office talk that might get a little political, a beauty of a beer from Treehouse Brewing Company, some championship series recap, dive into the NFL, and finishing off with locks of the week. Here we go. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, what color you associate with, what party you associate with, but I think we can all agree how fucking annoying it is for election season to be upon us. Um, I get constant text, mm-hmm. phone calls, physical mail, like who even sends mail anymore? I got one postcard in, in the mail and the postcard was just a person's face. I don't know who they were. I don't know what they were about, but it was just their face. And on the backside, it was just their description. I can't stand it. I can't take it. I'm just, I'm defeated by election season. Yeah. Um, whenever I check the mail, which is like every two days, there's easily, uh, well more than five big ass flyers or entire pamphlets or whatever and i like they just go right in the trash man like like you said doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on like i have my own beliefs so i'll find that person but it, it's fucking annoying dude and we're just killing the trees we're killing the trees at this point so i i checked the mail the other day and it was 10 pieces of mail and eight pieces of that mail mm-hmm. was just election like you said postcards yep. Like one sheeters, envelopes. John Fetterman yeah. loves criminals, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, no, <laughs> nobody does. Yeah. Well, what about the Green New Deal? <laughs> they're just the most outrageous takes. That's the thing. It's all just who has the hottest take is who's going to get elected, and they just put that slogan or one take on a postcard or an envelope or a pamphlet and they just send it to you they send it to i don't know how my name and phone number got on these lists i really don't actually actually no i do know um one time i got a call and these people thanked me for the time they spent with me at whatever like festival it was and it was my brother he he put (laughs) yeah so i knew the one time but other than that it's like wild that they just keep finding me. Yeah. Whoever Dinata is, I don't know if that's who you get calls from. It's all the time, bro. Just it, call me all the time. In my apartment complex, there's a specific no soliciting sign before you go in. And I don't even know who it is because we've just start leaving the the flyers and the papers at the door. Because mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be there. They're campaigning and they're littering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. Like Nick Q said, fucking Jared... So much paper that is just being thrown out, being thrown out in the streets. Like, when's it? When's people? When are people going to realize? I'm, I'm getting the stop same sending me this flyer over and over and over and over. Like, I've gotten the same one uh, about how John Fetterman loves criminals about thirty times now, and it's like I get it. I get what you're trying to say. You're just like beating a dead horse at this point. So it's it's a huge waste. And I feel like in today's day and age, you're not going to sway anyone's opinion. What about your boy Elon? Is he ever going to run? <laughs> he can't. He's not a natural-born citizen. Oh, that's son so, of a bitch. Um, yeah, man. Love Elon. Elon, uh, he is 
uh, buying Twitter Friday. Oh, it's official? It's official. I he, thought he backed out. He, well, is it official, well, though? He, he, he either, put Twit Daddy as his bio, so, and I don't know that so, it makes it official. He, funny. he either has to uh, go to court and go through legal fees and court fees and whatever um, if he doesn't close by Friday. So from what I'm aware of, the contractual obligation is he needs to complete this purchase by Friday. And he was posting uh, videos on Twitter today of him walking through, like, Twitter HQ and with, like, a sink that he took out of the bathroom. <laughs> was it a push-button sink? <laughs> I like that. Probably. Elon um, has my vote, if, if that's true. Yeah, good for him, man. Close, closing a huge deal like that, like, it, it's overpriced, but... Um, Is it good for him, well, though, or was he, like, kind of forced? I, I guess it's kind of what he wants to do with it, but... You know, just he looked so happy in the video. I can only imagine what like spending forty four billion dollars is like. You know, Damn, that's kind of crazy. It's huge. About. I mean, what what do you do when when you crush like a huge deal? Like it's said, it's done. Like it's you you're getting the paycheck or <laughs> um, whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's definitely a euphoric feeling. So I can't imagine that. Uh, that feeling that it's, you would get from a deal like that. Yeah, it's better than crack, in my opinion. Oh. It's like closing a huge deal. I like that take. You're right. Um, I don't know. I I feel crack like, kills. I feel man. like Close that's deals. that's like a bigger in the business realm. Closing massive deals, uh, it is like a highly euphoric and addictive experience, and that's what like attracts people into sales. Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. Yeah, man. So Sunday night beers also have the same feeling. I feel like <laughs> that was my throat. <laughs> I don't. It was just. I felt it. It was making a noise. Yeah, man. Um, I kind of have this like love hate relationship with Sunday night beers, and I feel like I, I when I crack my last beer on a Sunday night, and everybody knows when the last beer is coming, right? Like we're not we're not new to this. We're all dreading Mondays, and we have been for years now, decades even. But like, I run into this like issue on a Sunday night and I'm kind of intrigued if you guys stay aware I'm watching football right I've been watching football all day we're having a good time probably not likely because of bets and stuff but you crack that last beer and like you know it's your last beer on a Sunday and you're like this is the last enjoyment before a Monday hits and like I have such a a love-hate relationship with that and I just want to know if anybody experiences that Sunday scary like I do when you're cracking the last Sunday beer yeah so I definitely feel that, but that feeling kind of um, takes over my body around 8 a.m. on Sunday. Okay, so you really? don't deal with it until the Monday. You're you're <laughs> early. Like I'm I'm late on it. I feel like at the end of the day, Monday um, is, is when it hits me the most. Is like I got to do this for the whole rest of the week. Yeah, that's a little rough, but. Um, it depends too, though. Like if the Giants are playing, or yeah, probably only if the Giants are playing. Sunday night's gonna be bad, meaning Monday morning's gonna be rough. So there's a fine line, I feel like, between one too many beers on a Sunday night. But it's so hard to stop because, like Eli said, you get to a beer and it's like, "Fuck, this is my last one." But if you keep drinking, there's never a last one. No hangovers ever if you never stop. <laughs> so I feel that. <laughs> um, I, I just the, the whole conversation made me sad. So we're gonna move on. 
Um, Halloween's coming up. That's fun. Speaking of drinking and, you know, being a mess, um, you know, America, Halloween. We drink and we become messes. I mean, relationships. That's just why. Imagine if we have a daughter and it's Halloween and she's 19 years old. Just Lord help everybody. Um, Anyway, if you guys could become, we're going to do like American Horror Story where the ghosts can leave the house at one time a year, but you can become any fictional or real historic person ever. For one time out of the year and obtain all their attributes, who would you be? Ooh. Wow, that's tough. Just Wait. go around the horn. Okay, like yeah. One so... day of the year. Like you can like if you wanted to be Superman, like you could fly, shoot Wait, lasers. Historic out of your... person or fake person? Fictional, historic, or like right now. Anything you know I mean? ever so conceived. If you wanted to be <laughs> fucking, you know So real person or can I do like a movie? Like if you wanted to be Frank Lampard, you could be him. If you wanted to be <laughs> Abe Lincoln, you could be him. If you wanted to be like Iron Man, you could be him. Like I'm saying okay. anyone. Well that was anyone ever. That was gonna be my pick was Iron Man as long as I get the suit. Okay, that's fine. You get you get everything Tony Stark is for one day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Iron Man. Okay. Nick so, um, this is a tough one. Frank wants to be Saquon Barkley on a like, out route. <laughs> just had just had the biggest quads ever. Yeah, but he's not he's around. not playing football on Halloween, so you're just going to be doing regular Saquon Barkley just things. Not fit into any pair of pants. That's right. Fictional characters in the movie. I'm telling. Ah, you. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, fictional could be cool and all. Um, I'll tell you, I want to be John Mayer, dude. I just want to lay it down. I want to lay it down for 24 hours straight. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, okay, that's it. I think cool. I have I my pick, that. guys. I like to hit a reason behind that, too. Good job. I will be Tom Brady on February 5th, 2017. Okay. Okay. The Falcons suck. Okay. That's, that would be my one pick. <laughs> the Falcons I would, suck, dude. I would beat Tom Brady, have one of the most historic comebacks of all time, and win a Super Bowl, and then go home and smash Giselle. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, he ain't doing that anymore. That's my one. Hey, no, feel, 2017 like... he did. No, yeah, that's just your – oh, man. You know what? But it's supposed Tell to be me on that's Halloween. Not great, I mean, okay, it very is. strong, very strong. You guys are all wrong, though. Um, let me lay some knowledge on here. I'm easily Sheev Palpatine, okay? Reason reason being, I can use my lightsaber to cut through a bank vault. Bro, I'll just shoot you with a gun. Yeah, I'll zap you with fucking lightning or choke you in the air or literally use my mind to make you, like, go murder everybody that's trying to oppose me. And I'm just going to spend the 24 hours I have as this character sending boatloads of money back to my apartment so I can retire. So, there you go. So you Unlimited can power. Un- unlimited beer, unlimited money, so unlimited power. So you can just sit Unli- back and crack a beer. Unlimited beers. Someone I wouldn't want to be is a beer right now. No, never. Never, never want to be a beer. Um, so we do have a very special beer. It's a beer from uh, Treehouse Brewing Company in Massachusetts. Um, I was just up there this past weekend. So juicy. Um, we have a nice purple can. Um, all their cans are kind of plain, so not really doing much for me on the label. Uh, but it is haze. It's a double New England IPA, 8.2%. A uh, very strong beer. What do you guys think? Dude, this thing's got a great flavor. Just the second you crack it open and take a sip, I feel like my first sip's a little iffy typically because I don't really know what to expect. But this one kind of like sets the expectation for me. It's a phenomenal taste. Yeah, I'm just getting just a ton of orange and kind of followed by some peach and passion fruit. Uh, really good just right off the rip. I mean, it has that traditional 
kind of like a hoppy finish. I mean, that all double IPAs have. Um, but it's, it's essentially a citrus blast. Like I'm just getting fucking yeah. faced by an orange. I yeah. feel like, no, that's what I feel like. It's very like tropical in, in all its flavors. And, and the can also looks kind of like, uh, Jared right now. So <laughs> did you just I, say I you like were getting it. fucked in the face by an orange by and, an nobody, orange. and nobody yeah. laughed? <laughs> that is an issue. I think that just, that slid onto the radar a little bit. Purple cans are great. So plus one for the purple can. Um, I feel like I'm just a little let down because I don't, I'm not tasting the haze like right off the rip. It just, there's something, it is a little too fruity for a double IPA. I was expecting something else and I got delivered pants that don't fit, unfortunately. (laughs) What do you guys drink about, or what do you guys, I said drink, what do you guys think about the drinkability? Very high. I could slug these, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be warm. It's gotta be a little bit warmer. I could do beer. No, the weather. Oh, the weather. This it, is a sipper for me. I can't. Yeah. This isn't. Drink, I don't have drinkability here. And I get a shock on this. Anything no. under fifty six degrees, and I would rather go with something else. A stout. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that Girthy for sure. Stout. <laughs> but I also feel like this kind of beer plays on a warm, like early mm-hmm. October, late September day as well. Day like, drinking. Likewise. Likewise. Okay. Any other thoughts before we get to the rating? Okay, so uh, I love this beer. This is right up my alley. This is all that I'm about. Uh, Treehouse Brewing Company, a legendary, legendary brewing company uh, up in the great New England area. Um, I'm just, I, I'm a sucker for anything from Connecticut or Massachusetts. Uh, this is going to be a 9.0 for me. Strong. Damn. Um, I, uh, everything you just said, Frank, like I fully, I fully believe in that. Not as high though. Uh, I'm going to do an 8.1 on this one. It is delicious, but I definitely think it fits, uh, different types of seasons. Yeah. I'm a, one last swig, right? <sighs> wow. Thank you for filling the dead area. How was Jared? that burp? That burp was awesome. If this is what I'm looking for, dude, this hits the nail on the head. So I got to go with like an 8.7. Cause I mean, you're squeezing all that flavor in an eight percent in a double IPA. It deserves its respect. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say other than I'm not a huge fan. And one point is donated to the fact that the can's awesome. It's my favorite color, purple. Five point eight. Jared, <laughs> your, ta- your taste buds are so opposite. They're just of, whatever of the they want to be. Here. They're whatever they want to be. They change weekly. Yeah, change seasonally. Um, okay, Jared, I need you to start. With the championship series recap, and I know this one might be a little painful um, for everyone here, but especially you. It's, so. uh, it's you know everything is uh, you know sunny days wouldn't be so special if it weren't for rain. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I can see all the stress rising to your shoulders. Go back right to an- go back to anarchy, April, baby. <laughs> we what did a month. it. We did it. What a month. Um, I don't. That's definitely not the biggest future I have released on the pod yet. I believe Cam Smith was for the open. However, um, it's a season long sweat, and we kind of talked about why those are so great and they're fun because you can find angles. Eli and I were in the bar on Saturday after a round of golf, like just trying to find any type of out we could based off of my future bets. Um, and the fills came through, man. So that was exciting. Really happy. Um, a couple of my college buddies were at the game, so I'm really happy for them to be able to have that experience, you know, with, um, you know, their, their, their family, their dads, their girlfriends. Like that's, I can't imagine being at a game where your, where your team clinches, especially, 
um, a game such as awesome as that. So uh, just beat the Astros, Phillies. Astros I, suck, dude. Honestly, guys, I'm just I'm taking some time to breathe from what happened in the Yanks because honestly, I was pretty much expecting it. Um, Talk about the duality of man going from winning a huge future to just to seeing the Yankees. But I'm not surprised. Stink it up. I'm not surprised. Um, there's a lot going on in terms of the fan base. What we expect from ownership, we don't really know what ownership is doing. You know, you have the front office, you have Boone. Um, a lot of people are concerned about those things, but I just, you know, I'm going to hold out until we see what happens with Judds, and then I think that's when I can evaluate the season. Um, how, how's everybody else doing? Temperature check. We okay? Everyone breathing? No, I think Boone and Cashman got to go, but who knows if that's going to happen. Um, Dude, we're at the World Series it's tough, and rooting man. for the Phillies, bro. It, yeah, it's just real tough. It's, a bad, it's cheaters or everything I root against too. all the time. Very winnable games. That's the unfortunate morals, part. Though. Had a lead in game one, couldn't hold on. Um, very winnable game in game Dude, two, getting, couldn't hold on. The Yankees were getting 2-0 counts and striking out. I mean, yeah. you, you plan on winning it's a terrible. series with a 2-0 count and striking out. But that's the type of baseball that our front office has designed, unfortunately. It's, it's been like hitters. that for a long time. It's blockbusters or nothing, dude. No one cares about a single in New York. And look at the two teams that are in the World Series right now. They pitch, they play defense, and they get timely hitting, and they put the ball in play. That's That's how baseball is supposed to be. Played over a small sample size. If the Ashers win, find me in a double IPA uh, bassin. Well, mattress- find me floating in a double IPA bassin. Mattress Mac will be hyped, that's for sure. A um, little bit of a profit boost. Yeah, I hope he Phil's loses. plus two of uh, two fifty to win the World Series on DraftKings fifty dollar max bet. I'll be getting down on that, and then I'll be betting the Astros straight up in every game. Game one this Friday going to be interesting. Verlander. Kind of looked like shit so far in the playoffs. Let's just be honest. He was very bad in his start in the division series. And, you know, if the Yankees didn't just strike out all the time, he looked very bad those first four innings. And we could have capitalized on some opportunities. But like Eli was saying, we were getting ahead of counts and striking out. Um, He had nothing to do with those strikeouts, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's still one of the best pitchers that ever lived. But also, at the same time, it's like when you have a guy in that scenario, when you know what I mean? Like, hey, the Panthers just beat Tom Brady. So when Justin Verlander is giving you an opportunity to beat him, you have to take it. They couldn't couldn't capitalize. And, um, you know, then it's Javier McCullers, see you later. And then can't turn a double play. That that was just the icing on the cake right there. The Torres, the IKF. And then, oh, the, yeah, just Should the, that's when the full, yep, double yeah, play. That's the epitome of the series right there. Yeah. Um, World Series look ahead, though. Like you were saying, are you still riding high on the uh, Phillies after that winner, or are you kind of fading them now? Um, it's basically like a like a hedge lock point for me. Um, you know, obviously I'm going to take that that plus price. Um, it's a $50 max, but on DraftKings, but I'll take the boost. And then they're plus one of six at most shops to win the World Series, which I think I'll get on. Because I do have a little bit of Astros World Series futures that I got on, um, just to hedge off the Yankees. Because you know, back in August, I'm thinking, you know, if, if the Yankees can get healthy and turn around, the only team that stands in the way is the Houston Astros, and there they were, of course. So like, I didn't want to. I just kind of wanted to get out on the Yankees, so it wasn't double heartbreak. Um, and then, like I said, I think I'll be betting the Astros straight up in every single game, which I didn't. I made. A mistake not doing that against the Yankees. They haven't lost a playoff game since. Think about if you're betting the Astros every single game right now. They were plus money the last two games on the road. You are 
shit and gold right now if you are just betting the Astros every game. So I'm going to stop making that mistake, and I'm just going to ride the wave and kind of hope the Phillies can make it a series. And, you know, maybe they win game one, and then I can get a plus price on the Astros. So, But, but that's the different difference between betting to win money and then betting for morals. Yeah, but we don't do we don't bet for morals. You know what I mean? I mean, facts. I don't risk money for morals. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's like the fun part of betting sports, though, is that it's you get those futures. That's the whole point of it. You try to lock it in some guaranteed kazayish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the kazash, as told by Jared. Okay, um, so NFL, bunch of games happened, but I think one of the more important ones to a couple people on this podcast is the six and one. G men, the New York Football Giants are six and one after a big win against the Jaguars. Who uh, they were underdogs in that game again, and uh, yeah, they're the worst according to Twitter. They're the worst uh, six and one football team in NFL history. But hey, six and one, right? A win, there. A win's a win, dude. <laughs> they're there, baby. <laughs> um, I, it was it was like your typical Giants game. I mean. They just suck in the first half, and they kill you in the fourth quarter. Halftime adjustments made by uh, Coach Dable. The Great bowl, win. The bowl, baby. When are they going to start getting some respect? They're, I don't know. They're the definition of, of uh, how good coaching truly affects the game. Because you're always looking at like big names like Patty Mahomes or Brady or this, and they, they have such an unstoppable force behind them. But like good coaching, this is what it looks like. Yeah, you're right. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, talent-wise, they're not as talented as a lot of teams they beat, but their scoring differential in the fourth quarter is unreal. And, I mean, that goes to coaching. Dude, uh, look at your upcoming schedule. you got Seattle this week. Ooh, if you guys Seattle, can squeak though. that out, I feel like you're kind of the two teams that have been surprising people in the entire NFL. If you can take that dominance you see the the twin photos where the one twin has the other twin under a door it's like there can only be one that's kind of you in seattle right now and then you go into a buy and you go houston detroit dallas washington philly dallas or washington again the games that really matter the washington ones in the division yeah and and like let's be real i'm a washington fan like we're not looking too great we look good with taylor heineke but I mean, out of those games coming up, you guys can beat Houston, you guys can beat Detroit, you can beat Dallas, and you can take one, if not two, games against us unless we get it together. So, I mean, the Giants are in shape. If they can keep this form, do you dabble with the double-digit win season here? Maybe. I mean, the Seahawks are a lot better than people think they are. They are, but you guys um, are the same spot, so that's what's make that game. What's that's their, what makes it interesting. What Seattle's rushing defense looks like is the real question because what the Giants have been able to do um, with a healthy Saquon, 110 yards last week. Oh, and then not to mention our quarterback can also break off for 107 yards. Dude, the first Giants teammates to rush for over 100 yards since 2010. That's crazy. They're weapons, dude. They're like the NFC Ravens, may I may I say, with the Lamar, Jake. Like, you guys can run the. You guys can dominate on the ground, yeah. and if they if teams can't neutralize that, they're in trouble. I, that's why I think Dallas might be a tough game, just because of how good they are against the run. Oh yeah, they're solid. Oh, but, they got the best. They got, if not the best, definitely the best rushing defense. But they have a top three overall defense right now, Dallas. So imagine you get past the line and the Mika's looking at you squared up. 
Danny Dimes is going to have to be, you know, he's going to have to start throwing the ball. I mean, you guys have the largest wide receiver payroll hey, he, in the he, entire NFL, he, uh, so that needs to start paying off that soon, right? Lights, right? Daniel Jones. <laughs> I hope so. Daniel Jones threw for over 200 yards last weekend. That's a lot. He had over 300 <laughs> yards of total offense, so, I mean, that's a lot for it, Daniel Jones. It, it's also nice for how much he's been getting shit on. Like, he's now at the point where he can yell at his wide receivers. So that, that, See, now catch, it's 200 yards of one time. My <laughs> but do you see, like, Daniel the, Jones cannot dominate but, his but, wide receivers but do you, right do you, now. Do you, nah, last game he definitely oh, can, bro. Sure, like, one out of seven, maybe. No. Oh sure. What's what what percentage is that coming in? Now nah, th- nah, this year Daniel Jones is playing very well. I will back him. I I was notorious and not thinking he was the guy. He is in a offensive scheme that is playing to his strengths. It's not putting him in positions to make these mistakes and he's securing the ball. One of his biggest issues was holding on to this football. He led the league the last two years in turnovers, fumbles, and interceptions. But he is not doing that this year. He is playing very well. And Daniel Jones is, I mean, he's making the Giants right now regret not opting into his fifth year. Because they're going to have to franchise tag him, which means they're going to pay him about $10 million more than what they would have paid him if they opted into his fifth year. He's playing very well, man, and he's he's doing a lot, and he's not making mistakes. That's the biggest thing. Um, I do like in the fourth quarter, the Giants scored a touchdown. They uh, they forced the Jags uh, to turn or to uh, punt the ball. They got the ball back, and just a drive where they're just running down your fucking throats. They ran the same power play eight straight times and the Jaguars couldn't stop it. They disguised it a little bit, but it was the same concept eight straight times. Saquon ran for like 50 yards. They just bled that clock out. And if he, if Saquon didn't step out of bounds twice, uh, they would have, they would have essentially ended that game with that drive. Um, but he stepped out of bounds. So the Jags got the ball back with, I think like a minute, um, defense came up big, but just what a drive. I mean, they ran eight straight powers, dude. Simple football concept. Winning they in the ran trenches. In the NFL, bro, no one runs the same play twice in a row. They ran the same play eight times in a row. Like, that cannot be understated. Just unreal. Saquon Barkley, comeback player of the year, 33-1. to one. Talk gave about out, locking in a profit. Gave out by yours truly, Jared Cosa. Let's get another one. Um, I mean, McCaffrey eight to one now. I text you guys over the weekend. He was six to one worth a look. But the next guy in line is Geno Smith. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit more of the same this week against the weak Seattle defense. Uh, Saquon, they're just gonna, Brian Dable is going to say, "Hey, guess what? We're going to shove this dick in your throat, and you can't do anything about it." I hope so, but I feel like, and I'm not going to lie, the Giants have been um, experiencing a lot of what people call football luck. You know, a lot of things are going their way. The bounces are going their way. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of takes a, uh, a spin moving forward. But extremely, I mean, you can't ask for much more yeah. if you're a Giants even, fan. Even if so, you guys get the bye, and then you're right back with yeah. a weak Texans offense. So it's like you can afford to lose this yeah, game. take the sense. season from there. All you need to do, you need to beat Washington twice and then try to split one with Philly or Dallas. Yeah. Browns-Ravens. Your team, Jared. Squeak, thank you to the refs. Squeaking that thank one out. Thank you to the referees for helping us squeaking out a W, dude. How about, how about the whole shenanigans before the field goal and the, and the clock management? Whoever's running that clock in Baltimore, salute. <laughs> Appreciate you. 
Um, That's the Homer clock. Right but there. here they come again, trying their best to give away a lead in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know what? Whatever that intern's name is, you're a hero. Um, Duncan should give you free coffee in Baltimore for a year. Because Jimmy of, Seafood, hook yeah. him up with some uh, crabs. Yeah, dude, get this guy. The good kind of crabs. Everything he needs. You know, whatever. Old Bay, a year free of Old <laughs> Bay, whatever. Because he, he helped us squeak out that win. Um, How about Gus Edwards? Dude, Has yeah. he played a game like – did he play eight. a game last no, year? Just ate, he just ate up. Came in and ate up. That <laughs> yeah. was pretty sick. But now he's on the, now he's questionable again. Not feeling too good. <laughs> of course. The whole team. Apparently it took, it took everything out of the Ravens to cheat and also cheat to win that game. Um, because everyone's, everyone's on the list now. I feel like Jacoby Brissett's kind of over being the quarterback. Yes. I feel like his main thing is like, yeah, I'll come in for like three games, win two of them, but then I'm back to the bench. Like, Alex Moran. Don't ask. Yeah, don't yeah. ask me to do much more. And now he's like eleven games. I got to play. What? You kidding me? I got to clock in eleven times. <laughs> he's Dude, he's Alex Moran from Blue Mountain Blue State. State. Hundred percent. Like he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, man. Like the quarterback thing is cool, but I'm not really like trying to do it. I'd rather just have the image and of doing it and step up when it's needed. And they're but, looking like, at trading Kareem Hunt. They need to beef up that line and just run the ball. Dude, they don't need Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb. Yeah, but he's you good. Don't, Kareem yeah, he's good, obviously. But Utilize like, him. Yeah, but he they need that trade spot him. in yeah. so many other points in that team. I, I really don't think so. Nick Chubb's at every dude, down back. So you're man. telling dude. Nick Chubb is top three, top five. Don't run a fullback out so there. So hear me out, right? If Nick Chubb is like top five at running back in the league, if you're lacking in another position that's not top five, is that not worth getting rid of Kareem Hunt and getting you up towards that threshold? No, because I feel like Kareem Hunt adds to you being a better team and putting you in the threshold. Well, of you course, have a, he makes you a better team. You have He's a good running Cooper. back. You ha- yeah, so so like utilize him. Like runs get get people focus on Chubb. Go to Hunt or Hooper. They have uh, Henderson, that young kid that's coming in the Joku spot. They should have been mixing him early all the time. They have weapons, dude. Their issue is the quarterback, right? I'm on the Kareem Hunt trade just, side because I just don't think you need two backs. I that just could think su- the coaching in Cleveland has been an abomination for the last 10 years, and you're seeing it again. They have, they're like the Dallas Cowboys when they suck. Worse. They, they have, they're like the Cowboys when they suck. They have an embarrassment of riches on offense. Cowboys when they suck, aka all the time. Yeah, well, this year they're okay. Dude, they said a baby born one year ago has more playoff but, wins as an Eagles fan than a Cowboys fan. Me, okay, you could say that for the Yankees since, like, the and, since 2009, too. You know what I mean? Like, the point is, is that they have a very good offense, and they don't have the play calling to make it work. You tell me you can't make it work with that offense. I'm, I just, I feel like I'm like the corporate sales guy that's just like you got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. You got to make the extra phone call. You got to send the email. You got to tell them you're sorry. Like there has to be a way to construct a winning offensive approach with the weapons they have. And I mean, Kareem, Nick Chubb doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield like Kareem Hunt can. So you absolutely can flip flop them. And imagine if you, all you did was just throw little slant dump offs. Slants to Cooper, dump offs into Joku, check downs to Hunt, and then bring Chubb out to run it down their throat. Why can't you chunk your way all the way down the field with that? Like, I'm not a good Madden player, but if I was, I would be able to take that team and just drive my way down the field, little five yard chunks at a time. Like I'm Brady from 2012. It's I, I just think it is the coaching staff, and they have a good team, and we'll see. I mean, fuck Deshaun Watson, but we'll see when he comes back. They, you know, if they can hang tough. 
they could be a threat. Could be a threat. The Ravens, yeah, they'll beat the Ravens again in the fourth quarter. Ravens have a lead. They'll blow it. They'll be there. They'll be there. <laughs> okay. Chiefs 49ers. Um, <clears throat> a game that I think a bunch of people thought would be a lot closer. 49ers jumped out to a pretty nice size lead. Um, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes does what he does with the Chiefs and they end up dominating and winning the game. Jimmy G just can't do, um, the pressure. That's just it in my mind. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. He could look so bad between looking as serviceable and he as he does, between as bad as he does, it's tough, man. And like I feel like this is you kinda gotta hate yourself if you're a 49ers fan because you know this roster could win a Super Bowl. But Jimmy G's your quarterback. I mean, he makes he makes one throw in the Super Bowl and you're champions. It's just Dude, so hard. The, what they gave up for McCaffrey, if you really break it down on paper, it's not worth it. They were they were adding like the uh you know how they always do like the analyses, the risk factors and everything. The amount of picks that they gave up for McCaffrey, if you really broke it down to the amount of games that McCaffrey actually plays, you're you're basically you give yourself like a two year window of like that either being the best trade you ever made or RG3. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what the, the 49ers are hoping for. If, if they could they win. They haven't it, had hope since Joe Montana, so why not, right? If, if they could win a Super one Super Bowl in the next two years, everything they've done is worth it. But that's the thing. Jimmy G still their quarterback. Yeah. I think they'll be okay, though. They're not looking at it this year because they'll have, they'll still have draft picks. There's a very strong quarterback class coming in this year, unlike last season. Um, and I think, you know, I hear what you're saying, Eli, but I think you, we're just diving a little too deep. It's just we really come out to chalk it up is that Kansas City owns the 49ers. I mean, they're they're now 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread versus San Fran. Wow. And, that is pretty crazy. And also, I bet a lot of people didn't know that Kansas City, uh, prior to the game this week, was 7-0 and against the spread before playing Tennessee. And I and and to go into the draft comments Wait, before playing Tennessee, Tennessee, before playing Tennessee, seven and zero. Now they're eight and zero against the spread. Wait, so the so week specific. before Bo- they play week, Tennessee, yep, they just I dominate. think that's just one of those weird stats. I don't think it has to do with anything like. I mean, maybe, maybe because they just don't think Tennessee's a rival. Crazy. I mean, I don't know. The, Kansas City has been that good for that long, eight year period. But <laughs> that's insane. Do that with do, do just you know information. However, you know, we can go back again to the fact that they do own San Francisco, but we look at what Eli was saying. What has San Francisco done since losing that Super Bowl to really like improve and be able to hang with a top tier opponent in the AFC? Well, they thought Trey Lance was going to be the guy and he got Stu- hurt. No, they, Kyle Shanahan didn't want Trey Lance. Okay. That was, that was the ownership doing the Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman. Oh, no, we, we got the money. We make the decisions. Oh, we're corporate, but they don't know a goddamn thing about sports. And then, oh, look what you did. Like, you didn't even start them last year. They still are one game away from the <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, uh, Nick, I don't know what you're talking about and the whole, like, Jimmy G can't do the, the whole clutch thing because he's been so close to the Lombardi Trophy. It's just, hey, maybe let's improve the defense a little bit, like the line, the secondary. Uh, let's just move on. Last game, Bears-Patriots. Um, 
I will touch quickly because I feel like uh, it was the Monday night game, and I feel like this was another shocker, right? Uh, I didn't think the Bears would win this game. I thought it would be Bill Belichick taking a shit down the Chicago Bears uh, franchise, but they win the game. Justin Fields looks good. He might be a guy. Uh, the design runs uh, that they had for him were great. Um, he got out of the pocket. He made plays happen. Um, what's going on with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? Are they going back and forth? Like, what's up with that? A very weird game, uh, for sure. I know Eli Watson because he had some, uh, he was vested in fantasy. I had Patriots defense, so I was also a little vetted. Um, I, I was just very confused. Um, but I would like to allow Eli to, uh, open up whatever thoughts that he might have on this, on just whatever the fuck happened on Monday. Dude, standard Belichick. Like, it's just normal Belichick. Like, it's there's not much else to say. He's taking guys. He's making it work. I mean, I'm not going to dive into the fantasy dynamics. I'll touch on that soon. But he's you're going from Mac Jones to Zappi, and you're going from Ramondre Stevenson to Damian Harris, and, you know, you're – it's it's you're going to Myers all the time. You're going deep, and then it's like all of a sudden you're like borderline quarterback sneaking on every down because you just want to take guaranteed yardage. Like you're looking at Bill che- Bill Belichick w- without Tom Brady, and Tom Brady without Bill Belichick is falling apart on the other side of the goddamn country. So it's like we realistically don't know what a goat looks like anymore. You have the well. Here's the issue: you have Belichick with the media. This was my issue with the game. I'm watching. You take Jones out, whatever. If he wasn't healthy, why did he start? And then he goes and tells the media that he told the offense and the quarterback room that they were going to split time. And then they asked the offense, and they had no idea. They're like, oh, we didn't know Zappy was coming in. We didn't know Jones was going to start. And in my mind, if a guy isn't healthy, why are we starting him? If Zappy's been playing so well, why don't you start Zappy? Is it a test? What the fuck's going on? Why would you risk a guy that took us to the playoffs in the previous year to get hurt if he isn't ready to come back? And... And then he just like, then he's just like an asshole in the media. This guy has dementia. He's got something. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, his goat status is falling like the Yankees goat status is falling. Like the, both those stocks are tanking very much. And when they're saying things like that and doing, they got outclassed by a JV football team. All Justin Fields was doing was just dropping back, going to the draw every time, six yards at a clip. Bang, 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 bang. And then you're going to tell me that the offense knew and they didn't? Like, dude, I don't know what's going on with you right now, but they got to figure it out. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, public's going to be all over the Jets. They have to beat the Jets. They got to beat the Jets this week. Or I don't know. I don't know if I can call Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time. I just I don't understand what the issue is. It's not hard to communicate with your players. It really isn't. And those excuses were bullshit to me. Don't be a dickhead to the media if you are like pretending they're asking hypothetical questions when they're not. He he's just got to figure it out. Okay, uh, Eli, let's hit us with that fantasy recap, and then we'll get into locks of the week. Yeah, so a little uh, fake pain to add to a real pain. Um, there's a lot of fantasy updates coming in. Connor took me out this week. Um, kudos to him, man. No Josh Allen, no Justin Jefferson. He still got it done. Um, you know, at the end of the day, any complaint I could have doesn't matter the fact that it, he had a higher number at the end of the week. So shout out Connor. It was a good win on his part. Uh, Kyle Kalinowski with a nice little win over, uh, Stefan, uh, bucks 20 to 86. Uh, Jared squeaked one out against Fryer Me Up. 
formerly uh, Tony Girth. I'll always bring that up because it's just an awesome name. Good win, Jared. Your boy Juice lost one to Tyler. And honestly, like some of the high scores of the week, buck 35, buck 36 to a buck 32. Tyler's figuring it out. You know, he's he's working the waiver wire. He might have dropped Najee Harris at one point, but you know what? He's new now. He's got some new ones. My man's looking good. He's sticking the back. He's deadlifting 400 bajillion pounds, and he's getting dubs, so it's all right. And <laughs> holy shit, Frank. Nick with an absolute just smack mushroom stamp in the face to Frank. Buck 46 to 78. I'm not gonna Brutal. ask. I'm not I, gonna ask questions I, on I, that. I knew it was bad when I texted Frank. Good game this. Uh, good game in fantasy, and I didn't oh, get a reply. Yeah, never responded. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, oh, oh you're one of those, Nick's one of those guys. Yeah, of Nick's course. one of those guys that throw it in your face when he gets the dub. But you know what, Frank? I respect that because I wouldn't answer either. I'm busy golfing. <laughs> and then lastly, Fade Cosa Sags just remaining dominant. Really, if we look back between last season and this year, my man's sitting at six and one, buck twenty five or a two pint conversion. Troy, I know. That Sags has some, uh, <laughs> he got some ammo store. out of that one, so you love to see it with the friend. Hey, it's just, it's just oh, a lot of him. friends beating friends, but at the end of the day, you know what? We all sit at a table and drink some beer, so it's a good time. Who's, uh, who's favorite to win the league right now? Is it Young Sag? Dude, his team's pretty nice. I don't know. I'm not on a I PC. Think, I don't think I can see that. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if the, the winner's coming out of Frank's division. That's all I'll say. You, you, you say that because you're not in the division. And you want to look at, like, you know, the fantasy expectation. But let's be realistic. The year that you won, you were expected last. So why are we even going to look at that? Uh, I'm talking about things that have transpired and other things that are come. I'm 2-5, and (laughs) and I have Stefan Diggs now. So uh, let's see what happens, you know. All I need is Nick to tank, and I'm right back in this mix. So, (laughs) Okay, guys, ending it with locks of the week. I'm going to go ahead and start like I always do. Five and two. Uh, the Titans came through last week. Uh, King of the AFC South is what Jared's calling me at this point. Um, it does pain me to go away from them, uh, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals plus three and a half. It's about time Captain Kirk has his typical Kirk Cousins game. Uh, and don't look now, but that dumb dumb Cliff Kingsbury is 15, five and one as a road dog. Give me the Cardinals plus three and a half. You know, I've been doing so well um, for myself at the end of the week. But my locks, baby, two and six, fade me. Fade me. Team sandbag over here. Um, I'm fucking over it. Uh, Vegas my, minus one and a half. Uh, I feel like Josh Jacobs is a uh, phenom right now. He's a fucking villain tearing shit apart. So Vegas uh, minus one and a half. Yeah, I'm uh I'm coming in over 500, not too much. Four and three. Uh, I thought we were gonna have a little bit more luck uh, recently, but you know what? It happens. Um, but I'm taking Chicago plus nine and a half. I think Justin Fields coming to form a little bit. Uh, Dallas is one of the big, big, big question marks in what they normally operate with all the drama between you know you got Dak coming back, you got Cooper Rush, you got a lot of just confusion. I'm taking Chicago. You got David Montgomery, an absolute bruising back, and a defense that's down to fight and splashing some puddles. So I'm going to take Chicago plus nine and a half against the Dallas. I'm going to crack a beer while I sit back and watch that one. I like that. I like that. I got David Montgomery in fantasy in a trade too, so I hope he does crack some backs. Um, it is, it's, hey, it's the year of the ugly dog, the stinky dog, so you know, I might jump on and hold my nose with you there. Um, nothing that a beer can't fix. Am I right, Tom and John? Um, anyway, 
uh, fate, Nick, like you said, so I will. Uh, let's consider this. Yeah, me, hey, guess what? Maybe the road teams in the Raiders Saints series are six and two ATS in their last eight, but I don't give a fuck because guess what? It's a red rifle. Okay. He's coming back. And I don't think he'll turn over the ball against a shitty Las Vegas defense. And New Orleans is eight and two ATS in their last 10 revenging loss. Um, so do with that what you will. But to kind of piggyback off of my, uh, fishy McFish, um, line, that I had last week with the LSU Go Tigers against Old Miss. Um, money coming in on the Raiders, 65% of the handle, 71% of the money. Uh, Saints are holding 35-29 that split, yet the line opened at 2.5 and, and it's down to 1.5. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was maniacal. Yeah, that's what the bookmakers are doing right now, dude. So get your craps rake out, pull those dice in, and uh, let it ride. Uh, Fade Nick. Saint, we're going Saints money fade line Nick. plus 105 at this point. Always, get the value. Always fade Fuck Nick. a point and a half. Send it. And the worst thing is I try to fade my own bets that I want to make, and it still doesn't work. Um, yeah, check us out on socials at Pod. That's P-O-D at the end. And uh, other than that, www.lunchbeerspodcast.com. We'll see you next week.